answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I needed to find this Shaka Khan song. I couldn't think of the name of it, and so I had to stop in the middle of the sidewalk. And two-time Nebraska walk-on tryout participant Colton Stone. <laughs> I'm putting a 12-6 that only has a 12 right at the batter's head. <laughs> yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good morning, beautiful people. It's 10 a.m. on a Friday. You know what that means. It's Chasing History time. Chasing History on 90.3 Karen U. Lincoln coming to you live from Siberia. The frozen tundra of Lambeau's, I don't know, Lambeau Stadium. Colton Stone, Jake Larson. Jake, did you have to walk here? Uh, No, I took a bus. And it was at 8 o'clock. And so it was kind of before snow really really started coming down. Oh, so, so I woke up and looked. I was like, hey, Siri, uh, what's why it like out in, there? Why am I in Yukon? Why am I in the <laughs> Nunavut territory in Canada? Is this Moscow? Idaho, that is, not Russia. Yeah, the home of the uh, Idaho University Vandals. Yeah. You play at the – no, actually – No, they still play at the, uh, the Kibbe, Kibbe Dome. Dome yeah. Which, and I don't, I don't think it's no – The most no exhilarating long, I was going to say it was the smallest in, in, football. in D1 football. I don't think it is anymore. I think and, they moved back to FCS. And sadly, they moved to FCS recently, too. Yeah. Which well, is a disappointment. Well, I mean, if you're playing football in Idaho, unless you're Boise State. Well, yeah. I was about to say, unless you're Boise State, though. But, um, no, I mean, let's be honest. When you grew up playing the NCAA football games, <laughs> your second home site was the Kibbe Dome. All my neutral site games were at the Kibbe Dome. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got that, we've got 9,000 fans it here was tonight. Either, it was either uh, – I mean, of course, you'd always play at Memorial, but it'd either be, um, like, the made-up stadiums that they would sometimes put in there. Yeah. Because those are always wild. Or you'd play in the Kibbe Dome, which was the eighth wonder of the world, 17,000-seater. Yeah, 17,000 for Division One football. Yeah, it was... Uh, S-M-O-L. I, I would say it was, it, it was rough, but was. it is rough <laughs> because it still exists. Oh, absolutely. So... Um, we got Jay- a couple things to start off with, but you were going to mention oh, something. Oh, I was going to say, we've got a birthday today. We do, exactly, yes. Uh, in my opinion, the fastest player in NFL history, uh, Daryl Green. He turns. Mean uh, Joe Green? Daryl Green turns <laughs> 58, the ageless wonder who played for, uh, I believe it, yeah, 20 seasons in the NFL and was probably the fastest guy in the league from season one to season 20. So, first of all, he was actually, like I've mentioned, um, he did become uh, go on to become an NFL legend, be in the Pro and College Football Hall of Fame after a uh, stint at Texas A&I University, now Texas A&M Kingsville. Um, anyway, so when he was in high school, he was All-City in football, which he only played one year of varsity, but he was All-City in that one year in Houston, and he was All-State in Texas for track. Um, some of his personal bests for uh, track from his senior year in college. He ran uh, the 50 meters in 5.76 seconds. He ran the okay. 200. No, wait, the, let's go 100. He ran a 10.08 for the 100 meter. And the 200 meters, he won a 20, ran a 20.48. So he's pretty fast. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> really good. Maybe if I warmed up my hamstrings a little I bit, I could think, run a 25. Yeah. yeah, he was a two-time 
uh, Division One All American uh, in eighty one and eighty two, and he was also wait, this is weird. It says he was a on the NCAA Division One All America roster in eighty one and eighty two, and was also on the NCAA Division Two in five events in 1981 and 1982. Yeah, well, I and he was wrong. an NAIA All-American in 1981 and 1982 in four events. So I'm kind of confused. Was he just the NCAA All-American in every, every thing? Or? I'm trying to figure out how that works. I'm trying, okay, so he – say it one more time. Okay, so, so he was – NCAA Division One All-American in 81 and 82. Okay. NCAA Division II All-American in 81 and 82 uh, in five events. And then in four events, he was the NAIA All-American in 81 and 82. Well, that's weird. It is. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if I can say much more than that. The thing is, is like I could – you know how – some schools are now. I don't know how many schools would be like, oh well, we're Division One football, but we're NAIA uh, track. Um, but that's, not only that, he was all three. This was this is all the same same in, sport. In that, that, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think I think that uh, I think that Wikipedia needs to do a little fact checking. Someone needs to do a little fact checking. Maybe he ran as unattached. Probably. And I, he's I just. Guess. I don't. I'm. I'm just like pull, trying to pull things out of a hat here now, but. But yeah, well, anyway, good for him. Look so, at that. Um, Happy 59th birthday, by the so way. So yeah, we're 58. He's, he's what? Is no, it, 59. It says 1960. You're right. You're right. I forgot how to do yeah. math. His age is now finally his height. 5'9". Five 5'9". Nine. Five nine. And so here's some. Not of, his weight. Here's some records that he set. Um, so with the Redskins, your favorite team. Uh, with the Washington, Washington football franchise. Exactly. Um, excuse me. Uh, career interceptions, he had 54. Mm-hmm. Most game starts, uh, 258, and he played in 295. Most starts by a defensive back in games played, I mean, kind of a given. Uh, he played for 20 consecutive seasons, the most consecutive seasons for Washington. Uh, longest fumble return for a touchdown of 78 yards. Uh, and most interceptions returned for a touchdown. Most pick sixes, uh, with six. Um, some NFL records he has set. Uh, most consecutive seasons with an interception with 19. Most seasons with at least one touch, whether it's a reception, rush, or a return. Uh, tied with Jerry Rice. Oldest player with a 35-yard gain at <laughs> uh, 42 years old. Oldest player to win a game in t- overtime with a pick six at 35 years old. Oldest player with an interception at 41 years old. Um, oldest player with a 80 yard interception return, 37 and, uh, oldest defensive back of all time, uh, t- 42 years old and the most, uh, the most games played by a defensive player in NFL history. He also won the NFL fastest man competition, uh, four times and he's the only t- person to win it multiple times and never lose. And my favorite one of all for his 50th birthday on February 15th, 2010, he ran. He decided he could go in his backyard and run a forty-yard dash. A fifty-year-old man ran a four-point-four-three. That's why I think he was the fastest player in, in NFL history. Is he was consistently that fast? Like, how do you avoid that? Like, no one could. When they get a big gain, he could still chase anyone down because he knew how to wrap mm-hmm. up the uh, ball carriers too. I mean, maybe if it was all sought, he would get broken loose or something, but. 
for the most part, he could wrap no. him up. But well, yeah. I mean, it, if you're comparing him to someone that is uh, much larger than he is, yeah, that's the thing too. You look at like his frame now and say that it's not still like the typical like corner or defensive yeah. back like in the league. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more and more people have kind of gone away from that five nine, five ten. That like, let's get some guys that can match up with receivers. But like, if you're just fast enough. Oh yeah, if he you can could, just hit, he could still play today good. for sure. Oh yeah. And now, since it's officially basketball season for us, now the uh, NFL is ended. Uh, we're gonna go back to an old thing we used to do: uh, the basketball reference game score player of the week. Now, if you don't remember, game score is essentially taking how uh, is an overall measure of how well a player performed in a game using various statistics um, on going from points all the way to shooting percentage to defensive stops and everything in between. Last week, or this week's player of the week is Oklahoma City Thunder's Paul George. Uh, on February 11th against Portland, uh, he played 43 minutes in which he shot went 15 for 26, 8 for 13 from behind the line, went 9 for 11 for free throws, and he had a triple-double with 11 well, no, with 12 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, and 47 points. In the College Basketball Player of the Week, let me get that up here in just a second. But the player was, uh, we actually had close to a tie. It was a 38.9 versus a 39. So it was Chris Clemens of Campbell and Dylan Windler of Belmont. And we'll just hold on here. February 13th. Wait, whoops. Colton, you want to fill in while I take forever? Tell, you, tell, do you have any important announcements to give? Uh, my birthday's in a couple weeks. How's that for an announcement? That's, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, announceable. My car's not going to get repoed. I uh, wow. paid, paid my lease. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Only, really... I wouldn't say it's late, but... Yeah. I had to wait till I got paid today. So, okay, yeah, but fair, it's fair. it's all uh, moving. it's all good now. It's all moving through there now. Um, That's what I like to hear. Uh, basketball. So since we're on that topic, mm-hmm. Omaha got a big win last night yes. against the Jackrabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, eighty-five, eighty-four. The buzzer beater. I didn't see how many points uh, Mike Dom had, but he is almost a three thousand. Chris Clemens is also almost a three thousand, or is like like very. He's number nine, so he's almost there. Um, for Campbell so there's two mm-hmm. guys coming into the season there were only eight guys in the 3,000 club for college basketball which only one of those guys did it in three seasons it's the guy that leads uh, yeah Pistol Pete and we'll get into that in a second today but yeah and but so it was a very like exclusive club I didn't really know about Chris Clemens mostly because he plays for Campbell Mm-hmm. Also, because the fighting camels are like fifteen and ten, so it's yeah. not like you know they're scorching the earth mm-hmm. or anything. But um, yeah, very very close to adding two more names to that to that club, and then the, all the the entire top ten uh, will be three thousand point scorers. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, uh, here are the two players that will be for college basketball. One of them being yes, Chris Clemens of Campbell uh, at two thousand nine hundred seventy eight points. So. Last week, um, or within the last week, in fact, this was on Wednesday, Chris Campbell, Campbell uh, along with Chris Clemens, beat Hampton and 
Clemens had le- went 11 for 21 for the field um, and four for nine from behind the lo- uh, three-point line, uh, seven rebounds, four assists, one block, uh, and 48 points. And my favorite statistic from him was he went 22 for 24 for free throws. 20, 22 for 24? Yes. My Lord. That should be illegal. The James Harden effect exactly. is real in college and it basketball. To, and it needs to stop. Yeah. I'm not a, I don't like it. And not a big fan. Not, not a agree. fan at all. You know all. what else is going to come back? Uh, now we're talking about <laughs> Flashback Friday. Uh, with college baseball starting, mm-hmm. next week we will get back to, to, to beat base, down, yep, baseball beatdown beat of the week. Which you know, like we could actually softball has started. We could have. Yeah, a beat I'm. Down for I'm that. I probably still can. I mean, there's Nebraska lost to Japan last week. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh. They uh, they're one of their warm ups for the season. They played the Japan national team. They lost six to one. Was Dice K pitching? Probably. Oh, probably. Okay. Just keep the cannon loose. And then, uh, <laughs> um. Dylan Windler of Belmont at Moorhead State beat Moorhead State. He had a game score of .1 better than Chris Clements. Uh, he went two, 12 for 20, uh, and it was 8 for 14 for threes. Uh, with 12 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 steals, 1 block, and 41 points. So him and Chris Clements are the players of the week. All right. Colton, tell me more about the 3,000-point club. So the 3,000-point club is led by a man by the name of Pete Maravich. Um, are you surprised? No, not really, frankly. But and We can deep dive into that in a second. I have those ones mem- those stats about that memorized. Yeah, so he he's kind of uh, in a league of his own, obviously. Um, in just three seasons, Pete Maravich, uh, let's see, what was he averaging? He Didn't he finish his junior year averaging like 40-some so, points yes, this season? Yes, I have that number up right now. Um he is the all-time leading among the top 25 career scoring leaders, which I'm sure uh, won't matter in terms of points per game as much. But well, of scoring legends in college basketball, Pete Maravich averaged 44.2 points per game, 44.2 points per game over his career. Coming up in second place was Oscar Robertson, who had... 11 points per game less at second place. From 44.2 to 33.8. Yeah. And there are estimates, um, because of Pete Maravich um, and his strategy of shooting from the outside where there are less defenders, which ended up giving way uh, to the idea of a three-point line, Pete Maravich it is estimated since there, um, his coach at the time did game film or recorded every game on film and going back and tracking where he took some of those shots, it's estimated that he would have averaged 57 points per game if he had played uh, with a three-point line in college. My Lord. And you know what's craziest? He never played an NCAA tournament game. (laughs) You have a guy that averages 44.2 points per game and you're playing in the SEC and you still can't. Still can't make it into the NCAA tournament. Okay. How do you? That's that to me is the the wild the wild one. It's the wild part. Well, the thing too. I mean, you look at. I guess you look at some of the. Um, I have the, I have the list up on, um, 
college basketball reference. The, the weird thing about the list that I got off of there, though, is that uh, it's career leaders and records for points since 18 – or, excuse me, <laughs> since 1805. Uh, since 1985, and I, I mean, I believe Pete Maravich yeah. uh, played before 1985. So, yes. um, however – uh, I mean, it still stands. The points are still relevant. But you look at some of the names that are in that top list. Doug McDermott, Creighton. Creighton wasn't like, you know, playing for national titles or anything. But they were making the tournament. They were playing, I mean, with him. They, those are, they were at the those, like, peak of their yeah, uh, those dominance. Three, right? The three of his four teams that he played on, the, the sophomore through his senior years, um, are considered three of the like the four best teams that Creighton's ever had. Right. Um, it would have been three of five, but two years ago, their star player, their point guard, uh, tore his ACL. Yeah. And then he was arrested. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's tough to come back from that. Yeah, it is. Uh, especially when you're a senior. <laughs> especially when you literally cannot come back from that. Um, mm-hmm. Tyler Hansbro, number seven. Uh, well, number seven since 1985. I think mm-hmm. he's down to like yeah, maybe I have a number list of, 11. Now. I have a list of the entire – um, yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, I can't find it's a good one. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Okay, Wikipedia. yeah, I'll, I'll go look at it right. one more time. Well, I've, I've Wikipedia. So, uh, well, do you, no, want just, to, do you want me to give off the, the the top five all time? Well, I'm just looking at. I mean, the the list, like I said, the list still stands. Points are still valid, but like Tyler Hansborough playing for North Carolina, obviously they were always competing um, for titles. Uh, but then you get a guy like, again, the two guys we're talking about, Mike Dom, who plays for South Dakota State, where they are regularly the best team in the Summit League. But being the best team in the Summit League is like being the best team in your rec league. Like, it matters, but you're just going to lose to you're Duke gonna, in the you, first no, yeah, round. Yeah, you're going to be a 14th seed. Yeah. Or lower. <laughs> and you're just going to get handed it. Um, I Last year, they played, I mean, there was I think they were the 16th seed, and they played Kansas. And uh, they didn't win, so I don't even know what the score was because it was it those first round games probably was whatever probably wasn't pretty. But then Campbell's the same way. Like I had I, not that I didn't know Campbell existed, but it's the fact that like na- name the last time Campbell was in the NCAA tournament off the top of your head. I remember a few years ago we went to a Creighton game where they played Campbell, and I'd never heard of Campbell up until the game. I think until I, think, I looked at the ticket. <laughs> One of the only – this is a side note, but why not? One of the only times I went to a Creighton game and Creighton won, because almost every time I went they lost. I don't like Creighton either, so. Um, yeah, so you were okay with I it. I was okay with it. Okay. But I also had a Nate Funk jersey. Yeah. Absolutely. Pull that one out. Oh, yeah. Um, he was my he was my boy back <laughs> in the day. Never met him, but um, – so. I've tried recently to kind of – model myself after him looks wise i feel like that's a good look yeah there you go uh but yeah one of the only times i went to a creighton game where they won they played presbyterian uh i remember that i remember that game it was like, like 2012 13 something like yeah. that yeah i remember that yeah because you but, know what their nickname is right yeah the blue hose yeah yeah still don't know what it is well i think there maybe was a an smurf origin. i don't know like it could be but their colors were more like royal blue, so maybe they just wanted you know, the, knock the, off. The royal hose? <laughs> Is that the one to go by? Pantyhose. It's just, it's, I mean, yeah. 
That was one of the only times I won. Should they, and, go, the, should they go the old classic baseball route and go be the, the blue stockings? <laughs> stirrups. Or the blue stirrups. Um, and the uh, um, one of the other times that – I mean, I went to a handful of Creighton games, but one, mm-hmm. one of the most memorable ones was the – the last time Nebraska beat Creighton, except for this year, I believe that I was at that one in Omaha. Is that like 2010 or 2011 or something? Yeah, like eight years. Yeah, whatever it was. Just I don't remember that one. (laughs) Well, yeah, I like I said. Now, uh, now looking, now considering my alignment, sometimes I wish they were still in the. I wish they were in the Missouri Valley still. Oh, absolutely. I would still be. We've, we've talked about this before. I would still like, be a fan of them if they were in the Missouri Valley because it's weird. I wouldn't be a fan of them, but I'd watch. My Because for me, it's just like low major, mid major, and power schools are all their own. Like talent it's level. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's like with soccer, how you have the premier league and then you have league one, league two. Right, yeah. To me, it's kind of like that. You it's Or like minor league, you just it's okay to root for – the Chicago Cubs and the Omaha Storm Chasers because they're not really exactly in the same league. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. And if they ever played each other, you probably know who's going to win. But actually, I feel like it was more closely contested. Well, it's a little different because um, if you're a mid major, like right now, a mid major you'd consider Houston. Houston's number nine in the country and they've lost one time. The old Buffalo is like. Mid major in the top twenty five and yeah they're number twenty five still and then Nevada's in the I mean like there's just a bunch of names that you're like wow but if they would have lost two more games they probably wouldn't even be in the top twenty five because exactly. they're a small school but yeah no I if they were still in the Missouri Valley I mean I'd be rocking Saluki's gear to the day I die <laughs> I'm offended by your statement <laughs> and now coming out the Evansville Purple Aces oh. That was like my favorite team because Creighton always beat them. <laughs> and they We've had, got they had, a crowd of forty-five out here. Know, and they had the best. They had the best uniforms. Purple oh, the purple orange. aces. Purple and orange. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The Phoenix Suns of the Midwest. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. You live in Evansville. You wouldn't think that. Yeah, you think they're the the, the Northern Arizona Suns of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so anyway, so uh, points leaders. Portland uh, wind jammers in the Midwest. <laughs> moving that's on. A, that's, a, uh, that's a Continental Basketball Association joke for those of you at home on the road. No, or, I'm right here. I'm not at home. I know. Sorry. But Any, anyway. Anyway, so points leaders. Um, yeah, you have the official list. So if yes. you want to just. All right. So top five, uh, Pete Maravich by far. Uh, played yeah, isn't seasons. he up by like 500 points? Well, like I said, so he has 44 points per game average in second place in NCAA history with points per game on the on this list mm-hmm. of the top 25 is Oscar Robertson, who is 11 points per game behind, <laughs> and he's in second place. Um, so, yeah, the top five all-time uh, just in terms of just straight-up points, Pete Maravich uh, with – uh, 3,600, uh, 3,667. Freeman Williams from Portland State, who played from 74 to 78. Um, and I think Portland State is notable for pretty much just playing in a gym. Like, just a straight-up, uh, yeah, it's like a 2,000-seat arena. Arena's one way to put it. Did you hear something? 
No. Oh, okay. I'm just losing it. Maybe, maybe um, I clicked my keyboard. I don't know. Former Sacramento King, Lionel Simmons, uh, played at LaSalle from 86 to 1990, has 3,217 points. LaFonso Ford, who played at Mississippi Valley State from 89 to 93, um, had 3,129 points per game. And number five, Doug McDermott, Douglas McBuckets. Out of Creighton, 2010 to 2014, had uh, uh, 3,150 for his career point total and 21.7 points per game. And if you're wondering, a little fun fact, the fewest points per game average for someone in the top 25 is Tyler Hawes of BYU, who played from 2009 to 2015 in 139 career games, scored 2,000. Uh, 720 points. Who is pretty sure is that's probably the very bottom of the list of the top 25. Actually, no, but it's close. All right, I I think I've finally gotten the official list right here. Maybe. Uh, okay. If you can't find it, I have some other notable names that are on this list. Uh, Pete Maravich, of course. Uh, we have. Oscar Robertson coming in around, uh, let's see, eighth. Danny Manning right behind him. Elvin Hayes. Larry Bird. Allen Houston from Tennessee. J.J. Uh-huh. Redick. Um, the late, great Hank Gathers. Um, wait, hold on. The one Did and only yep. Otis Bird yep. song. And the, oh, and of course, who can forget Darren Keenan out of uh, Lehigh. Oh, like it was yesterday. Oh, I'm, yeah, I came off, you know, I came off the bench for... Uh, <laughs> For Navy back back then, I was the point guard for uh, David Robinson. I remember having to stick on it. Darren <laughs> Keenan from time to time had to lock him down once he got cross half courts. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it was yesterday. Yeah, some of the names that have um... yeah back in my days at a Holy Cross University. You know, I was at Loyola Marymount. But, uh, <coughs> Gonzaga was first Play, getting good. Locking uh, down Eric Spolstra, <laughs> dishing the ball out to Hank Gathers and uh, uh, under the direction of Paul Westhead. Tearing my labrum. All right. looking Just looking at the list, some of the names that have been passed this year already. Um, like we said, Larry Bird, Tyler Hansbro, um, J.J. Redick. Um, there was another one, Steph Curry was passed um and some of these guys that are on this list only played three years it's just the fact that pete maravich in his three years was better than everyone else in their three years oh absolutely um and yeah. if he would have played one more this list would not even be achievable really he'd probably be the only one in the four thousand club i mean he would be you look at his numbers he he could <laughs> score like 10 points a game in his final season he'd still be in the four thousand point club so um well unless you know Unless they didn't make the tournament, I guess. But, yeah, with him being less than 300 points away, you play about 30 games. So, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, just it's an insane list. And, you know, Chris Clemens is already up to, I mean, he needs, what, 22 points to hit 3,000. Um, and 30 points would put him into seventh place, I believe. Or eighth place. You know, we pull um, up the stats for Mike Dom. And Mike Dom's at 2,912. Um, both of them. 
And he, in the last two seasons, Mike Dom has a chance to win Player of the Year three times, which I'm sure that's a very exclusive club, or Player of the Year in his conference. Um, Mm -hmm. But he could win that three times. Along with his scoring prowess, um, he, the past, this season and last season. He's a double-double machine. Yes, has averaged a double-double. Yeah. A 2010, he's a 2010 man right there. Oh yeah, I mean it's like if he's the Jessica Shepherd of. <laughs> there's times, well, there's times where people are like, "Hey, how many points did Mike Dom have?" It's like, "Oh, I, you know, I had 23." Because you're used to hearing like, "Oh yeah, Mike Dom had 34 tonight." Yeah. Or he had 28, whatever. It's like, "Oh, he had like 23 tonight." Like, oh. well, how many rebounds? Oh, he had 18. Eight, he had 18 rebounds. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny because you know people joke about the well, why why doesn't Nebraska get these kids? From Nebraska, right? Well, everyone is pretty well aware that, you know, Mike Tom wasn't that great in high school. He, well, here's, yeah. But, but, now, I mean, would he? Would we be talking about him on a 3,000-point list if he played for Nebraska? Absolutely no, not. probably not. I feel he would, be a, he would definitely be a good player. Yeah, I mean, he'd, be a great, so, he'd be a great stretch four. If you are a if you are or a post a, four, I mean. If you're a player of the year in any conference, my theory is you could be a starter Anywhere, for yeah. most most power schools. Yeah, it's like, like if, Mike, it's, if it's like a Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky, yeah. that's different. Yeah, like Mike Dom's not taking the ball up for Coach K. I mean, yeah, but but he could. <laughs> but when you're a three-time Summit Player of the Year, yeah, potentially. Tell me you tell me he couldn't have st- like been a top. Oh yeah, for Nebraska. I think he'd start at Nebraska. Oh, I just don't think he'd be on the three thousand point. Absolutely, he would. Yeah. There's this. I think he would. He would. I guess he's not officially he on the three thousand point list. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But he, he would definitely be a part. He'd definitely be a thousand point scorer at Nebraska. Oh, yeah. No question. Um, he'd be a great would, rebounder. It's a still. good. It's a good what if. It's a good what if. Um, you'd, I mean, you'd six rather... nine two thirty five is not. You know, is a good size for a, a four. It's yeah, a, definitely. He, he wouldn't be playing post like he does in the summit. No, he would be because stretching. because if you're playing for Nebraska, I mean, you, Purdue always has two guys that are seven foot tall. Oh yeah, um, I think Ethan Happ's like six ten, six nine, six ten, something like that. Um, and it's not that again, not that Mike Dom couldn't compete, not that, and maybe Chris Clemens would transfer a little better just because he's a guard. Yeah, it's getting uh, it's getting snowy. It's getting kind of rough Woo. out there. Um, I'm gonna have to swim I, home. I, I think Chris get Clemens my shoes on. Yeah. You're going to track the track Put the some planes. goggles on. You're going to need the them. Planes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like guards transfer easier from conference to conference because yeah. Oh, yeah. it's more of – if you if you can mm-hmm. – well, here's what, I, here's what I'm thinking. Just follow me here. Yes. If you can ball handle well against other Division One talent, if you can score, mm-hmm. okay. yes. it still transfers well. Point now, guards, yes. Yes. Um, shooting guards and, like, threes, it starts to get a little murky because – because, you know the defense is better. And, yeah, and because you need to be more athletic. Now, Nate Funk isn't the is a good enough example because, but he wasn't. He isn't the best because he along with his three point shooting, like he was a good ball handler. But his main thing was he was a three point shooter. Um, but he wasn't. And he was pretty fast for you know, being six three for being a guard. He was he had good enough speed. Um, which helped him out a lot, but there's a lot of guys, not as much anymore, but 
for a while there were three point weapons who just all they could do was just get open and shoot the three or shoot a mid-range shot. And those guys can work in smaller conferences where players aren't as athletic. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get open and you can shoot 50% uh, and go two for four uh, or two and a half and five every game, you're going to be, you're in good shape, but that doesn't translate over as well to once you play at Duke, North Carolina, where they're going to play athletic NBA style basketball. They're just going to play fast and try to score. I mean, that's basically I mean, what it is. It's not not Paul Westhead, uh, Loyola Marymount fast. Not Troy State in the eighties. Yeah, fast. not hey, let's score. Let's try to score two hundred points. Not two hundred. Not Troy State versus Devry yeah. fast, but Jeez. you're going to play. You're going to play eighty point games. Yeah. Well, and the, and, and I'm, by no means am I saying like, you know, ah, uh, Chris Clemens would probably be starting over Zion Williamson at Duke. No. Like no. Or well, but, I mean, but could he, you know, make a big impact in a? Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Would he be good off the bench? For sure. Oh, I, mean, I, would, I would. I would. Start I mean, him. I'm just saying. If, if it's Duke, well, may, mm, mm, yeah. But if you're one of those like top tier programs, yeah, it might be more of a. Hey, this is we feel comfortable sitting our guard because we have a guy here, coming off the bench. Here's the way to put it: if you have Mike Dom or if you have Chris Clements. Every program outside the top four, every non-number one seed, would probably they will benefit. start. They will start. They will start him, yeah. unless there's a depth issue or something like that. But five and under, they're a starter, no question. Well, I mean, the other ones are like the other said, ones are iffy. You look at the list. I mean, Houston's on that list. Um. Nevada's on that list, mm-hmm. Buffalo, so on and so forth. I mean, you look at some of those. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Which is nice to see a resurgence a little bit of the mid-major because after all the conference shuffling from about uh, five, ten years ago, so many dominant uh, mid-major programs left to power conferences or other major conferences, I would say, and – that took kind of the fun out of that, uh, having you know mid-major surprises. So, so there you go. Yeah. Well, anything else on college basketball? I have one thing. I got. Yeah. I got a. Well, this is not college basketball. I just have to find this really quick. Um, so, if you have anything to say, go ahead. But I need like um, two seconds. I can't think of anything. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want me to just. Let me just click on a random player. Close your ba- eyes and just start I'm gonna, clicking I'm gonna stuff. Click on a random player on Baseball Reference. You, you want to talk about a? You want to talk about a Vernon Wells for a little bit? Okay. Well, I found the thing oh, I was going to well, tell you really quick. Well, yeah, um, we can. Buddy, well, in 2003, he had a 9.09 OPS. So there you go. Vernon Wells is that tight end that played for the Niners, right? Yeah, that's why he had an OPS. <laughs> he had he had 14 doubles at tight end. That's correct. That's impressive. More doubles than I had at tight end. That's for sure. Okay. I don't want this full page. Oh, my goodness. I just want to read We're that. having a rough go of it. Yeah. <laughs> the internet is just deciding that, like, hey, I saw you paid your lease. 
You want to look at this one? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't really. Not, not really. Not I, particularly. The reason I paid for my car is because that's the one I want. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the ad's about to go away. So, oh no, come on! I had I hit skip survey. How do you like the new AAF, <laughs> the Alliance of American? Football? I did you watch any of it? I did. I it enjoyed was really it. Really fun. I really yeah. liked it. Uh, you're allowed <laughs> to. You're allowed to hit the quarterback. Oh, I um, know. So that's a really good start to the league. Um, no, it seriously it reminds me a lot of it's it, uh, Paul Tagliabue uh, NFL. 90, 80s, 90s, early 2000s NFL. You can actually hit the quarterback. It's not ridiculous, but... Basically, NFL blitz come to life, except for you're not, you know, like, giving the people's elbow Yeah, you can't, down. you know. But I, like I was saying, though, it's it's like the NFL from, like, you know, photog- Paul Tagliabue era when he was commissioner from, like, the 80s to the early 2000s, like, where you can actually hit the quarterback. It wasn't ridiculous, some of the stuff that you'll get away with, but you can actually lay some big hits. Well, you really thing, lay the lumber on them. The thing too is the the issue people had with the XFL. Well, maybe not the issue. The thing with the XFL was it was very gimmicky. It was like, hey, this is basically going to be WWE, yes. but football. And not only that, but if um, and that's the, what people wanted in the early like late nineties, early two yeah. thousands. But now, I think people more than anything. Maybe I'm wrong more than anything, just want more football. And everyone was complaining about the XFL when they're like, well, we're going to try to make it like as authentic of a football game as possible. People are like, oh, no. The whole point of more was for it to be less like the NFL. But then the AAF comes out. They change a couple of rules. Um, you know, you can you can listen to why a play is being reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um they have the sky judge, so if there's an egregious call miss, they've got it. There's no TV timeout, so the game's just quick. And, yeah, some of them were kind of low scoring, but, I mean, overall, it was good football. I mean, and, and there weren't, like, you know, ticky-tacky calls that people would normally be like, well, I don't know if that was really a that, – That's what – I don't know if that's roughing the I've, passer. I think – There's a guy that threw the ball – and within, I mean, like two or three seconds, he just gets his clock clean. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, normally you'd be like, oh, well, I'm surprised there aren't like six yellow beanies just flying at the guy. I'm surprised there's not police on the field. Yeah, arresting the defensive tackle that just clocked Simeon that dude. Simeon Rice. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah. Um, but I have to say, as an ad PR major, um, the AAF has clearly did a great job of research for what the fans want because they have s- split a great middle between authentic football and some exciting new changes that people want in the game. Um, like I said, being lenient but actually explaining stuff to the fans, having the games go quicker. The only thing I'm not the biggest fan of, but I am also like – I'll go with it is the no kickoffs. Um but I I'm okay with it though. Yeah, I'm it's not like I, I would I, I would prefer it, but it's not a like the reason I'm okay with it is because they also tagged along with it the onside kick rule. Well the rather the no onside kick yeah, rule. Which but, that that needs to be a thing. But that we've 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 thing. talked about that on this show is that like 
Well, because John yeah. Boyce has. Well, so yeah. That's why we talked about it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the person that made the show unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Also. <laughs> someday, someday he will. Someday he will understand. Anyways. What, what he's so he um, talked about. Yeah, you basically you get one down instead of an onside kick, and you mm-hmm. just have to. And so, I mean, it came to life. Fourth and 12 from your own 28. You just have to get to the 40-yard line. Yeah. I think that's good because, one, it is a higher probability than mm-hmm. an onside kick. It's because, actually worth the risk. Yeah, because your offense is actually worth a damn. Usually, you're, mm-hmm. you, you don't go into practice. I mean, you do. Obviously, you practice it. But you aren't going into practice like, okay, so here's the scenario. We're, we're down 10. There's 13 seconds on the board, and I need you to put it right off that guy's face mask. Look, like, yeah. You're not – while you practice situations like that, it's not a very regular thing. Whereas like this, it's like you practice fourth down conversions all the time. I mean, it's like, hey, we need to win. And I like that they tagged, like, qualifiers to it. You have to be down by 17, or it has to be trailing less than five minutes. That yeah, way, it's they not like... They turn on the Madden house rules mode. <laughs> yeah, well, in that way, it's not like, example, Super Bowl with the the Saints. They, the Saints wouldn't have been able to come out and kick that onside kick. While that was incredible, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I get why you would put a qualifier on it, because it's, I mean... Because then... Otherwise, teams would decide to do it all the time if they have a good run and gun. Yeah, team. I mean, yeah, no one has like you know. If you have a if Peyton you have, Manning at quarterback or anything, if you have a but, connection like Mahomes to Hill or the equivalent, you know, the AF league, equivalent. Yeah, you're gonna get that. Trent Richardson. You're gonna get and, that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a speedy wide receiver and a guy with a cannon, it's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, and even if it wasn't going to happen, people would just be like, "Well, yeah." Well, yeah. what are we really risking here? Yeah. 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 So, Do you think that this is going to kill the XFL? Yeah. My personal belief is that it's going to because the AF – they did probably the most tactical and the smartest thing they could have done, which was uh, announce after the XFL was coming out that they'd be coming out or announce around the same time. Mm-hmm. And then to assist in the process, they were like, yeah, we're also coming out. The same month that the XFL wants to, but a year earlier. I mean, that was, inc- that was perfect. I mean, that's the way. And the thing, I, the reason it worked better, I think, is you look at who's running it. Bill Polian. Well, Bill Polian's going to have connections to college coaches. He's going to have connections to current NFL coaches, to former NFL coaches, assistants, players, so on and so forth. And that also means they're probably going to have a Rolodex of players that you know, might want to play for fifty grand mm-hmm. and a chance for the NFL to see him. Well, yeah, and not only that too. But I mean, the, the, since it's spring in the USFL, you had a, a number of guys who, um, though they were mainly special teams, but they Jeff would, Garcia. Well, no, the USFL. Oh yeah, that, the that 80s. was the UFL. The um, USFL. But oh, the, right. since it was a spring league, you had a number of guys. Like I said, to be fair, it was mainly special teams, but they would play USFL and NFL. Hmm. And we could see that with some kickers. Yeah, I, I think there's a handful of guys that I wouldn't say are gonna, you know, are are gonna be like, yeah, I'm playing both. But yeah, like a kicker, there could be a couple kick, yeah, or a punter or something. The thing is, there's not really a need for kickers in the league. But other than, I mean, there are a bunch former, of field goals. Former but, Charger Nick Novak was special teams player of the week. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Folk plays for a team too. Nick who? Folk. He used to play for the. Um, that sounds really familiar. Oh, uh, I used to play for the Jets. 
That's right. That's right. So, but what was really Trent, cool isn't we and Trent Richardson yeah. plays for Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what I think is really cool, and you know, uh, Raiders to Raiders, uh, like uh, basically the same scheme because mm-hmm. Richardson played for the Raiders his last season, right? That's true. Uh, but anyways, um, and then yeah, a bunch of Huskers like you were. Yeah, I there's think is four. What there's four Huskers on, on Salt, Salt Lake, Lake. Yeah. and then there's a couple Which more. I'm annoyed. The I, yeah, I, they're pretty much there's like six players, four of them on Salt Lake, and that annoys me because and then Mike I always, Riley and you know, I, all them. Yeah, I always root against uh, Salt Lake teams. Um, I don't know why I just have something against Utah, and so I, I looked was... at so I looked at like Atlanta because usually that's one of my go to cities. Yeah, and no Huskers, and they got killed in the first game. I think so it's because I Mike, have to root because Michael Lake, Vick bowed out. If I if I have to root for Salt Lake, it's going to be painful, but I might have to. Um, the, uh, the thing with it is you've already got NFL GMs that are like, yeah, I mean, San Diego's just down the way for us mm-hmm. and the chargers, obviously. Yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, well, with a team being so close, it'd be cool. Cause we can just go right down there mm-hmm. or there's a team in Arizona and that's pretty close too. like NFL teams and GMs and scouts are willing to be like, Hey, you know, if we need a third string wide receiver that you know gets in 15 times a game if you need a uh, if you need a um what was it uh never mind that like, joke is gonna fail you're not gonna produce like you know you're not gonna get a tom brady out of this league you're not gonna get you know a marshall falk out of this league you're not gonna get uh Randy bobby Moss. Newcomb. you're gonna no but you're gonna get a bobby newcomb <laughs> that's the name you're gonna get a bobby newcomb it took me a little bit um but it landed it was the, the engine on that joke plane was starting to falter a little bit, but we got it to land on the runway just so, barely. I, I mean, like, I can keep going down this list. You know, you're not going to get a Von Miller. You're not going to get so on and so forth because obviously those guys are going to go right to the, the league. You're not going to get a Jim King. But. Well, yeah, he didn't play football, so. <laughs> but. But you won't get the equivalent either. Exactly, the football equivalent. Yeah. So. Well, you know what I but, mean. But you look at the league, you might get a guy like Julian Edelman. You might get a guy um, like a kicker. You might get, um, you know, a defensive end that, you know, needs some work on on uh, picking up double teams, but is a great pass rusher. Yeah, he can. So, he's got the speed. He just has trouble wrapping them up sometimes. Yeah, so there, the there's like plenty of things. These guys aren't obviously inept to the game of football. Oh, ab- like absolutely not. They they are very capable of playing the game. It's just the fact that they're. Like we were saying with basketball, there's just that second tier of talent where they could play in the NFL, but playing in a league with a bunch of other guys that have the exact same talent is going to look like a lot better football. Because if you took a team, it's people have been talking about relegation. If it, if like what the <laughs> the best XFL team plays the best AAF team, and then the winner of that plays the worst NFL team, and whoever Raiders. whoever loses uh, has to play in the AAF. Well, right now it's the Cardinals, but yeah. Um, Raiders not too far behind. Um, but also, people tend to forget, since I'm going to use the XFL as one of the comparisons as well, because it was another springtime league that was trying something different. Right. The league MVP of the XFL in its lone season was quarterback Tommy Maddox, who in the next season uh, was – who ended up becoming the, one of the – I wouldn't say one of the best, but an above-average quarterback – for mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. In fact, I think he was in a Pro Bowl like two years after. And you could have another – you could get 
a solid, solid player. There's There could be someone that you could develop or find a way um, in the AAF that you could develop. It's definitely possible. Uh, the thing I was trying to find earlier, I finally mm-hmm. found a website yes. that would work for me. Um, Charlie Easley for Lincoln Pies, the 10th, yes. um, became the school leader um, for points. So uh, that was I thought that was relevant to points we were talking about yeah, earlier. Um, he got uh, 23 points last night in a win, and the record was held by Tom Burt for 28 seasons. And Easley now has 1,235 career points. Um, and he also has the record for points in a points in a single season. I don't have that number, but yeah. So that's what I was trying to find earlier. So there's that. Um, yeah. There you go. Football. Football. Oh, well, here's my last thing about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a couple things. I'd say last thing, and it'll probably take the last 10 oh, minutes, yeah. is the reason I think it'll be successful and people, the funniest thing people want to do, and, and you'll agree with me on this because we've literally talked about this when it comes to baseball and how people almost wanted to watch pro bowling before they'd watch the NHL or MLB. But mm-hmm. point being, people are like, okay, well, here's how this compares to when the XFL was on TV. And it's like, okay, well, when the XFL was on TV, uh, my parents had a landline phone. Um, I also, you know, I, what year was the XFL? 2001. 2001. So I would have been four. Yeah, it would have been four, three. Yeah, right. So, yeah, the fact that they had like a nine point three opening weekend on TV, I mean, not. I mean, that's still good. It's not like that's bad. Well, the XFL did. Yeah, or something well, like that, or the, eight point nine, whatever it was, something like the diff- that. Where was the AAF broadcast? Was it on CBS Sports Network or was it on the f- actual CBS? So, the first games on Saturday was they were regional. So we got San Antonio. Um, but was it on but CBS? But the first one was on CBS. The very first one. Okay. Okay, never mind. But but every other one was has been CBS Sports Network or NFL Network, which that's still pretty impressive. That's that that's where it's going to be broadcast because people still have those packages. People still watch oh, that. They'll yeah. find ways to watch it. Reddit, but, subreddit. But. Subreddit a slash AAF streams. <laughs> did you see that? The, Do they have them? Well, no. Oh. Hold on. No, but like NFL streams and all that stuff. My people are like starting to say those might start going away. Well, I saw one of them probably because they're illegal, but that's not the point here. Well, one of them I know got shut down, and if they shut down MLB streams, what am I going to do this summer? Have a job? No. NFL not. streams. Uh, no. <laughs> NHL streams. Over um, the summer. Well, they play into like June. Well, yeah, but I need something in July, man. <sighs> Sleep or something. I don't no. know. Go play baseball. How about that? I mean, I could, but I'd probably have to be a DH. You don't want to. My arm is gets sore when you I. You don't want to watch like the three p.m. like Tuesday afternoon baseball game. I want to do that. That's what's great about. Well, summer. get cable. It's All just, right. No. Here's a point. The point I'm trying to make is that yes, they got like Baltimore a, versus Seattle at three p.m. on a Tuesday. I want to watch the White Sox get handed to the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> yeah. I watched a handful of those on WGN when I had that channel. Uh, I'm going to cry. Don't bring that up. (laughs) uh, Point being is you look at um, at the ratings for the AF. I believe it's like a 2.1, 2.4, somewhere around there. Uh, Still not – I mean, that's not bad in today's age when it comes to like something that no one knew 
I had what, no idea it was on what, TV. Well, what's going to be a big deal at all, really? The they were just one, like, oh, they're going to play, and then no one's going to care, uh, whatever. But it also did better than it did better than the NBA primetime game that night, and people yes. were like, look at this, look at this. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, if you live in America, you probably care more about any kind of football. It could be Alabama playing the Citadel. It could be the Citadel playing Campbell. It doesn't matter. You're probably going to watch that more than be, than game 39 of the NBA be, season. It could be Luther College versus the Burke High alumni team of 1982, and people are going to maybe watch it. It could be the Omaha Burke scrimmage, and they're like, I think that guy's going to go to Nebraska, and people are going to watch it. That that's And I'm not saying – I mean, No hell. offense to Burke, but yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> no. But you are a high school. <laughs> I I don't mean to say anything bad, but, I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> it is an OPS. I don't school. mean it, but. <laughs> but if I did, I do. Um, anyway. But the point being is that, like, if you live in America nine times out of nine, uh, <laughs> you're probably going to watch football over game 40 of the NBA season. And, I don't, and that may be an, ex, uh, an exaggeration. Some people don't like football and well, here, but, so the NBA has, I've seen, has become, is closely becoming the favorite league in the United States. Because they're allowed to have fun. But, not only that, but it's a random midseason game. And yeah, they're good teams, but it's a midseason game versus a league premiere. A league premiere is always going to win, of, no of matter superior- what. Because even if people don't aren't interested, they're still going to be like, I wonder what's going to be different. I wonder, I want to prove myself right. Why are they not kicking the ball suck. off? Why exactly. Are, you know, why exactly. are there no extra points? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there was, and, and they did, you know, I think they did a good job doing like a 30-minute pregame where they're like setting up, hey, here are the teams. Here's what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to oh, Bill Polian. They did a great job of like, here's what our goal of, of this league is. Which is essentially to be a feeder into the NFL or just a chance for guys to like, you know, I, I don't want to say live out their dream. But like, kind I of. mean, yeah, if you play a season or two and you make 50 grand and if you don't make it to the NFL or you make it to a practice squad and make a little more money, fine. But I, I think the league is more like, hey, here's a chance. We'll also pay you. Mm-hmm. If you don't make it, you don't make it. You still get paid. It's the same as the G League. Hey, we'll give you a hundred grand. You have a, a great opportunity to make it to the NBA, but the fact that you didn't get drafted right to that team, hurts. you get a it's chance. But we'll pay you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I like it. I think it's going to be great. I think it's it's going to be more successful than. Now, this is speculation, of course. It's going to be more successful than the UFL, the USFL, oh, the original XFL. So, Would you, know, you want to compare it to the – Fill in the blank. I feel it could go but a, until the next until the XFL comes out, which that's going to be really interesting. Like, I feel, how are they going to fill those teams when oh, the guy – Oh, it's Vince McMahon. Da, 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 da. How is he going <laughs> to – Stone Cold Steve Austin might become out of retirement so, to coach Dow. Oh, I know Bob Soup is already doing that. That's the only big move that that have come out of the XFL. Yeah. And I know they don't play for a year, but it's like, hey, Bob Stoops is going to be the Dallas coach. It's like, yeah, but Boo. this other this other league right. this other league is going to be a year in. And if guys see that that's fairly successful, or you see like, let's take Huskers for example. Kenny, let's say Kenny Bell gets signed to a team. Mm-hmm. Let's say Banderas gets signed to a team. Uh, you know, or anyone, frankly, let you know, say Trent Richardson for some reason makes it back into the NFL. Mm-hmm. People are going to see the AF and go, "Hey, these guys that I played Mike with in Riley college, coaches, uh, Los Angeles Chargers." Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, 
the the New England Patriots, you know. Uh, but it's Bill Belichick. Guys are going to see that and go, "Hey, I played with that guy. Maybe I'll join the AF uh, in order to you know get more coverage from the NFL." And I think where they put the teams, you know, San Diego, San Antonio, Atlanta, Birmingham, pretty much and Salt Lake. South. I mean, yeah, mostly. And then I think there's what one in the Northeast, maybe ish region. Know. I don't know, but it's kind of the Midwest and like South Coasts mm-hmm. re- regions. But it's geographically, most NFL teams can go watch, mm-hmm. and that's what I think they were going for. Is like let's get them as close to NFL teams without having to build stadiums, of course, and let's let's let these guys have a, a real shot at at making the league. I think I think it'll work. And the other thing I wanted to say too, um, about two minutes. So. Yeah. So, it, what's a really good sign for the AAF is they had a more quiet open to their league. I would say, um, and I've been just kind of comparing it back and forth to the XFL. And part of the reason too, the XFL had such higher ratings in its first game is because it's it's Vince McMahon's football league, the g- creator of the WWE, which was at its peak when the XFL came out. Like, that was – pro wrestling at the time was a huge cultural phenomenon. And that guy's going to start an extreme football league. Actually, it wasn't actually an extreme football league. It just stood for X. But – Yeah. Like, of course, that he – I will say he was a genius at drumming up publicity. Like his friend Donald Trump. He was a genius at being able to pump or get publicity onto something, get bring attention onto something. And so, of course, that's going to raise the uh, ratings up – so high but it cratered so hard because they realized it wasn't good football and they didn't plan it out that well AAF is the other way around and if you start quiet and slowly build that audience like they did um with their first game and really good reception you'll be fine and the AAF will be fine yeah and that's the thing is like I was saying with Bill Polian they're they're building it around it being a football league they're not building it around being an entertainment yeah. league yeah like do you want people to watch? Of course. Why would exactly. you want people to watch? But you want people to watch because they want more football. You don't want people to watch because he hate me just killed Jeff Brom, right? Um, I he mean, hate me was a running back. Still, <laughs> does it matter? The point being is I think it'll be successful. You then go NFL, AF, CFL, right back in the NFL. I think it'll be great. Jake, yeah. uh, 28 seconds. Shout out to Rurley. Shout out to Mustache Man. Shout out to Rurley. Shout out to Pot Roast. Shout out to Sideshow. Shout out to... I think that was it. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my dad. Shout out to all the mommy. Keep it high and tight. I got it. I got it. All right. Well, wish, wish Jake. Ugh. Wow. I can't even get the rest of this out. Wish Jake luck getting back home. Yes. My car's not getting repoed, so I have a way to get back home. And we'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Go XFL.